The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of Wrestling 787, the first English speaking podcast that covers professional wrestling in the island of Puerto Rico. My name is A.B. Morales, and I'll be taking you on this journey through the Caribbean. Gotta be nice. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Let's get to it. For our first topic, we're going to be talking about WWE Backlash, which is coming to the Jose Miguel Agrelo Coliseum, also known as El Choliseo, this coming May 6th, right here in beautiful old San Juan, Puerto Rico, the capital of the island. They've announced several matches for the event, including... Selena Vega challenging Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. It's a notable match since Selena Vega, while not exactly raised on the island of Puerto Rico, she is of Puerto Rican descent. Famously, her father passed away in the midst of the 9-11 tragedy of 2001. With the falling of the World Trade Centers, she made a notable promo years ago. I remember this at the No Surrender pay-per-view for TNA. I believe the year was 2011, marking 10 years since the tragedy occurred. She discussed out of character in an interview the passing of her father and such, and she noted it was Puerto Rican, of Puerto Rican descent and such. And 12 years later, we see her arriving on the island for a major title match, her first title opportunity in WWE. Here's the thing, though. It hasn't really been pushed that Selena Vega is of Puerto Rican descent, so I do question if the crowd will react to it as much as they hope it would. I'd probably assume that they will. I mean, we Puerto Ricans, we'll look for any excuse to say somebody is from here and cheer them on regardless. (laughs) People consider... Joaquin Phoenix, like, for example, a Puerto Rican actor, even though he was just born here and then left right away. He never came back. But that's that's how it is with us Puerto Ricans. We, we stick to, to anybody, anybody that's from here, just to say that we're from here. Uh, another Puerto Rican that's probably going to be in the card is, of course, Damian Priest. They're pushing the idea of Damian Priest alongside Finn Balor and Dominic Mysterio, the Judgment Day, to take on probably Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and Bad Bunny. You know, when talking about Bad Bunny, it's kind of funny, because Bad Bunny's type of music, reggaeton music, is not really popular 
among wrestling fans here in Puerto Rico. So it's led to the perception that he is more popular with the wrestling fan base outside of Puerto Rico than he is with it inside. Now, of course, that's not going to mean anything when it comes to the crowd reaction. They're going to absolutely love him. He is a megastar, and most wrestling fans for WWE probably aren't as into the local wrestling community as you'd imagine. So uh, I seriously doubt that's going to affect the crowd reaction. Not to mention, at, at the end of the day, let's face it, Bad Bunny is probably one of the biggest worldwide recognized celebrities out there. Not just because of his music, but also his status, his influential status. The man has dipped his toes into acting. Uh, he had a pretty notable stint in the movie Bullet Train. I, I was a big fan of that spot. I really loved him in that movie. It was really fun. But at the end of the day, the man is going to be fantastic when he comes here to Puerto Rico. He's probably going to be, I don't know, I'd say he's pretty good in the ring. He was pretty good in a tag match at WrestleMania. So this shouldn't be any different for him. It's going to be a big opportunity, and you got to watch out for that crowd range reaction. Without a doubt, it's going to be amazing. When it comes to wrestling fans here in Puerto Rico, we're kind of different from what you would listen to in the United States or Europe or Japan and such. We're very loud. We can be very obnoxious. If we don't like something, we're going to be immediate, instant with our heckling. We have zero patience. And probably our most notable trait as fans is the usual foie sound you hear whenever somebody throws a punch or a chop or a kick or anything. One simple strike and we're going foie, like a bunch of maniacs. So that's probably going to be something that's going to be prominent throughout Backlash and probably SmackDown too the night before when WWE also comes to Puerto Rico for, for that taping. However, I would say if you watch the TV show, you're going to notice something. They are very inconsistent with their rules. Here's why. I talked about that match with Chris Diaz and Miguel Perez. That's the second match of that episode of Impacto Total. The first match on the event, or on the TV show, was the Faces of Destiny, the tag team champions, the IWA tag team champions composed of Nick Mercer and Jay Blake, taking on reckless Harry Williams and Nietzsche. It was a very fun match. The crowd was absolutely wild for the action on this one. And it had a pretty neat story where Nietzsche, the veteran wrestler, was laid out on the outside. He seemed unconscious. The commentators were asking, like, why is he still there? Why isn't the medical team responding? Why isn't the referee stopping the match? It was an intriguing story. Makes you wonder, so uh, are, are the referees negligent? What's going on here? No, as it turns out, he was playing possum. Eventually, the heels go to fetch him, to throw him in the ring, but it's a ruse. The man strikes back, and he seems to have the advantage, but Harry Williams, the novice, the rookie, I would say, comes into the ring, he pulls out brass knuckles, and this is where the confusion starts. He uses the brass knuckles, and the two baby faces seem to win the titles. You have a big celebration, but no, it's a dusty finish. A second referee comes out from the back and reverses the decision after explaining the use of the brass knuckles. Now, you could say it's a pretty neat self-contained story about winning the right way, fairly, with no cheating. 
That would be great. That would be wonderful. The issue is IWA is never consistent with their rules. Why in the hell was a referee coming from the back to reverse the decision? This never happens. And it's immediately, immediately thrown out the window with the next match. Like I already said, Chris Diaz loses the Puerto Rican championship. He tried to cheat. He's a heel. I get it. And the babyface Miguel Perez takes advantage to come back and uses a kendo stick with the referee's blessing. That contradicts what happened. Not only that, but you constantly see the use of weapons. You see the use of interference from seconds at ringside. You never see a referee come from the back and reverse those decisions. It goes against everything you see regularly in the IWA. It makes this comes off it it makes it comes off as just cheap, cheap heat. Very inconsistent. Just no, no good. No bueno. No bueno as we would say. The other two matches on the weekly show included Maniferno taking on La Gran Amenaza. Now, like I mentioned last week, La Gran Amenaza is Pedro Portillo Tercero, the final LAWE champion. But he was double booked. He had another event in Florida. He was there in Florida without a doubt. So we had a second Gran Amenaza. And the crowd, showing that they were smart, were quick, quick to chant, you're not Portillo, which was a pretty funny bit. The match goes on. It's, it's a very tedious main event to the weekly show. It is, it's, it's boring. It's boring. It was a boring match. Eventually, though, La Gran Amenaza goes on the offensive, and you start to notice its offense is very familiar, and the crowd is quick. Again, the crowd's very smart. They were quick to pick up on who it was. They immediately started chanting Cuervo, which happened to be the wrestler under the mask. Fenno eventually wins the match again. We had chicanery involving brass knucks nonetheless. Like, we go back to that opening match. Like, what the hell were they thinking? How can you have a referee reverse that decision, but later in the main event, you have brass knuckles again? It makes no sense. But going back to the finish, Manny Fenno wins with the use of brass knuckles. Afterwards, La Gran Amenaza appears on the screen. The actual one, Pedro Portillo Tercero. He takes off his mask to reveal another mask. This one showing off his mouth, his notable denture structure, if you want to say it like that, his dental structure. Uh, so you know it's Pedro Portillo Tercero. He just doesn't want to unmask. With the story being that he does not want to give IWA the pleasure of his presence, so to speak. Very arrogant of him. And the other Gran Amenaza, the one that was just defeated, unmasks as El Cuelvo, who was one half of the LAWA Tag Team Champions. He was associated with Pedro Portillo. So there's your connection. It kind of feels like some sort of invasion from the fallen LAWE. But I don't know. They're not really calling it an invasion. It just happens to be two wrestlers that were associated coming in. And after the match, he bloodies Manifelno. This would set up a rematch for their upcoming Juicio Final La Revancha event, which is taking place on the 29th, April 29th, again at the Emilio Heike Coliseum. The other match on the show, the third, the third match on the card for Impacto Total this week, saw TNT, otherwise known as Savio Vega, with the face paint. It was his gimmick in WWC. He defeated Romeo. 
this was your absolutely standard bloody violent affair in Puerto Rico where they just hit each other. No rhyme or reason, no real psychology. It's just hit each other, bloody each other. We had, oh, we had, we had these very uncomfortable spots, including TNT pulls out a stop sign. With the edge of the stop sign, he just, he smacks Romeo's forehead, and the man just starts gushing out blood like crazy. Two other spots in the match include your typical uh, skewer spot. Big, a bunch of skewers just going into the forehead of TNT, Savio Vega, whatever you want to call him, and Romeo for the visual. It's bloody. It was certainly bloody. Uh, it's not my cup of tea. Puerto Ricans love it, but it's not my cup of tea. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no psychology. It's just violence for the sake of violence. At least that's my take on it. But that was Impacto Total this week. They have announced Sona Caliente for this coming Wednesday at 8 o'clock. It's going to be running parallel to Dynamite. I would say that's an issue, but quite frankly, after judging the viewership, it did a lot stronger on a Wednesday night time slot than it did on a Thursday night time slot. So let's see what happens this week. The estimated last time was 1,200 viewers at a day, 2,200 viewers at the week. It's the same viewership as Impacto Total. So quite frankly, the fact that it's running against Dynamite does not seem to matter one iota. So we'll see this week what happens. They've announced the Women's Championship match, the World Title match, and a couple of other matches for this week's Sona Caliente, but they're really going hard and fast with the footage from the Juicio uh, Final event. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it, it's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. as they try to set up their revancha card for this coming 29th. WWC, oh man, WWC, the premier wrestling league, if you want to call it that, on the island of Puerto Rico. I, I'll tell you something, man. This company is about to celebrate their 50th anniversary. And you would swear to God, if you compare it to the kind of product you see in IWA, or EWA, or Ground Zero Wrestling, and you know, all the other companies that have some sort of YouTube TV show, you would be blown away to learn that 
WWC are the ones getting paid for a TV deal. The quality of this program, listen, I get a lot of flack for saying it, but it's it's not a good not at all. And this past Saturday's Super Estrellas de la Lucha Libre TV show, which airs on WAPA TV, the biggest channel here in Puerto Rico when it comes to TV, and also on YouTube, it's just an infomercial. That's the best way I can describe the show. It's a damn infomercial with promos just screaming, oh, tonight in Bayamon or tonight in Guayanilla, stuff like that. I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to wrestle this guy. There is no heart. There is no storylines going on here. It's very bare bones. The product is so bare bones. However, their big thing going into their, believe it or not, their 50th anniversary. Listen to that. Their 50th anniversary. This company is just one year younger than New Japan and All Japan Pro Wrestling. And for their 50th anniversary, the biggest match they can push is Chikistar. A man in his 70s. Yes, one of the biggest heels here on the island of Puerto Rico. A cultural figure, without a doubt. Deserving of respect. Facing off against an influencer. A man called Gallo the Producer. He's some sort of podcaster. I would give you more details, but quite frankly, I don't know a goddamn thing about the guy. (laughs) That's how in touch I am with my own island. But Gallo, the producer, he's recognized as this major influencer. He promoted a boxing card that took place at the Pepin Cestero Coliseum in Bayamón, which is where they're going to be running this coming Saturday. It was a full house. You know, that's the expectation, that because they are associated with Gallo, the producer, that means full houses. Here's the issue, though. He may be a top-notch influencer with a massive young crowd, but if your product is not... <laughs> prepared to impress that youthful crowd, they are not going to stick around. If you watch the WWC product, there is no way in hell a young crowd that is intelligent enough to log into Netflix, to log into Disney+, Plus, to Crunchyroll, to Hulu, to ESPN+, they are not going to stick around for WWC. I am sorry, but it's the goddamn truth. (laughs) This product is not optimized for a young crowd. One bit. Their expectation is just because of the association. Oh, that means it's going to equal more eyeballs on the product. I've even heard stuff like, oh, even if we get five fans, that's good enough. It's like, hang on, hang on a second. You're sacrificing the 50th anniversary of your company for five fans to gain five new followers. Is that what I'm hearing? That's shit I've heard online. I swear to God, from people that work in the company. You can't be serious with that shit, man. They had their latest event in Guayanilla. I went to it last night. It was a downgrade from their previous two events there. Less crowd. It was notable. There was a dip in the audience. The energy from the matches just was not the same. You know, this was presented pretty much as a house show on the TV. You know, it was secondary. Instead, they were focusing on promoting their La Gran Firma, the big signing event this coming Saturday in Bayamón at the Pepin Cestero Coliseum. I I kind of get that because, you know, it's the big event. But we've gotten to the point now where WWC is sacrificing smaller events to promote bigger ones, at which point you got to ask yourself, you know, 
if you're making 300 fans per event, is cutting the legs on these events so you can get, what was it, like maybe 180 fans that were there last night. Is it really a good move? Because let me tell you something, it's a gamble. There's no guarantee that they're showing by Amon this coming Saturday is going to surpass those 300 fans. There is zero evidence to show it. YouTube viewership has not increased. Facebook followers have not increased. The only thing that's increased for WWC are Gallo the Producer's videos. They garner a lot of attention. Yes, they do. But what if that doesn't translate to new fans? What if they just see these videos and think, oh, we'll just watch the videos online. Screw going to the event. Why would I go to the event? I'm not interested in wrestling. If that happens, you're not gaining anything. We'll see what happens this coming Saturday with that event. La Gran Firma, the great signing, whatever they want to call it in the Pepin Cestero Coliseum. But personally, I don't see how this is much of a, a gain for them. You know, it's sacrificing what is supposed to be a historic event. Think about it. There's only four wrestling events. I'm sorry. Four wrestling companies that have existed for more than 50 years. WWE, All Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and El Consejo Mundial de la Lucha Libre, which, you know, technically it's Spanish for World Wrestling Council, but I'm referring to the Mexican version. The one that's almost heading into a century of existence. EWA. You could call it a Third-year-y, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, third-year-y type of promotion here in Puerto Rico. Third from the top. Let's say third from the top since I'm, I'm, I'm my, my tongue is getting twisted when I speak. Third from the top as far as wrestling uh, promotions go. They held their Renaceret de Gloria event. It's, it was held in a smaller venue. It was a suburb. How, would, how the hell would I call it? Like. How do you say that in English? How does that translate? It's the, it's the kind of venue that you find in a server, basically. You know, it's playground and stuff like that. It had a pretty decent attendance, you know, like maybe 150, 180 fans. It's, it's about the same WWC had, and they're the ones running on a major TV network. So there's your comparison. The card was pretty solid. However, the biggest news coming out of the event was Denis Rivera, who is Savio Vega's younger brother, the host of La Vuelta, which is without a doubt the biggest wrestling podcast in Puerto Rico, announcing he was coming out of re retirement to team with Richard Rondon, the owner of EWA. They will be taking on Joe Colón and Edwin Garcia. They are your standard heels wanting to take over the company type of group. I don't know. I don't know. I, I see the story and it just screams, oh, it's, it's the managers wanting to get the spotlight over them type of deal. You know, like I said, Rondon is the owner, owner of the company. Edwin Garcia and Joe Colón help produce these events as well. So it's, it's I don't know. It, it, it doesn't seem all that positive to me. Maybe it connects with the crowd. Maybe attendance goes up. I, I'm just not sold on it. This sets up their upcoming event. It's called Evolution Night. I don't have the date with me. They haven't announced it yet. Location is the same as this one. Again, it's at a suburb. Forget the name. I don't have it on hand. I'm sorry. How very unprofessional of me. But that's, what hap that's what's happening with EWA. So those are the major news bits coming out of the island of Puerto Rico. This coming 29th, 
I kid you not, there are five events slated for that day. There's a sixth one the next day, Sunday. That's a lot of events. We'll talk about them next week. With that in mind, thank you very much for listening. This was Wrestling 787. I am A.B. Morales. You can follow me at Twitter at A.B. Morales 787. You can, of course, follow my work at ImpactoEstera.com as well as Last Word on Sport forward slash Pro Wrestling. With that in mind, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week here at Wrestling 787. Goodbye, people. Take care. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.